With your boy, Chaz Von Grave, and, as always, the queen of comics herself, Jen from Space Cadets. And we have an extra special guest, my boy, one of my best friends, one of the talentedest mother peoples that I've known, Flynn Prage on a Bad Mood Studios. What's going on, Flynn? Uh, not much, man. Just hanging out and seeing what all this is about. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, we appreciate you being on the show tonight. Because it's a nerd show, and you're probably one of the nerdiest dudes I've, I've ever known. <laughs> Absolutely. It's great. Especially right. 20 years ago, when it was cool to come out of the nerd closet. I was all about that. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Jen, what's going on? What's going on in the world of nerd and the world of everything Space Cadets, man? What's going on? It's such a good weekend, man. It was such good weather on Sunday. I went with my husband. We went and walked around the waterway. Yeah. There was a kind of music festival that I was, I wasn't really sure what kind it was because I didn't go around to the front because it was you know, like you had to enter from the big, the front of uh, Tom Green Park. Yeah. But uh, uh, they had like the nifty 50 car guys there and a bunch of like booths you could walk around and, and, and check out their wares. Yeah. And, Man, the weather was so good. We went, uh, we walked all the way around Waterway, and then we went and sat down at the Baker Street Pub, which I don't think has been open for very long because they're primarily a pub, and they haven't allowed those to be open for a while. Right. But uh, we just sat down and ate some super awesome snacks, and then played gin rummy. You know, like people that have been married, you know, twenty eight <laughs> years do. <laughs> Flynn, you're married. Fairly new and newly married. Do you play gin rummy? I do not, although I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. So check it out. I'm kind of stoked because, Jen, you're at Comapalooza all the time. Mm -hmm. And, Flynn, you've been at Comapalooza. I have. You're there, correct. You guys have been in booths fairly near to each other. This is the first time you guys are meeting, I think. Uh, so, to my knowledge, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I am pretty stoked about this whole, this, re, not a reunion, but this gathering of nerdness. I mean, you know what? Uh, I actually did meet her one time. She was incredibly rude to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, she must have been busy that day because she was like, I come up to her booth and was like, I'm Yo, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm Dude that asked me if I really owned my own business. <laughs> Maybe that sounds like me totally. <laughs> You're a girl. Do you own your own business? <laughs> Since when is that legal? <laughs> right on, man. So what we usually do on her news now. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mark is talk about the movies that come out this week, right? Or the highest grossing movies. Um, I'm pulling up the list, and I don't recognize any of this. So maybe <laughs> you have some input, maybe. So uh, at number one, at three million six hundred dollars is Freaky. Have you guys heard about Freaky the movie? I have I not. What's that? I think it's horror, but I'm not certain. Okay, see, so none of us know anything. Okay, number two is uh, Let Him Go at 1745000 Let Him Go. Yeah, that was one that's, um, I think it's Kevin Costner. 
and oh, I'm not going to come up with her name, but it's the, yeah, I've like, seen the trailer. I think yeah, the grandson is being uh, is I don't know if he's being abused or if he's just part of a, like a cult like family group that they want to get him away from, so they decide they're going to go and. Is that the trailer where? No, never mind. I was thinking Clint Eastwood. That's not the trailer for that. Yep. Oh, that's my bad. Okay, number three, one million three hundred five thousand is the War with Grandpa. Now I have seen people talking about this, but have no idea what this is. Uh, have you no seen idea. it? No clue. I I saw it about four weeks ago. Yeah. It's kind of in the same vein as like Home Alone, but it's really about a grandpa that it's not even really his call. His family moves, his daughter moves him into the house and displaces this the son, the, the her son, and okay. then the the you know he has to go live in the attic or whatever. And then it becomes kind of like they 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 declare war against each other in a very funny way. It was more it's kind of like fun slapstick, but not like real true tension. The fun, the fun, like just chill out movie. Okay, so since you've seen the trailer, or since you've seen it, who was in this movie? Is it Al Pacino? Or no, is it Robert De Niro? De Niro. Okay, it's De Niro. So I have seen the trailer for this movie, and yes, now that you say say it, it's very Home Alone-ish. So I'll probably watch this movie as soon as it like drops on like Netflix or whatever. Uh, and number four, come play. One million seventy-three dollars. Come play. Do we know? No. That's. You, are totally... you regretting bringing me on here yet? What's <laughs> no, that? I <I've> heard it. <laughs> hey, listen. listen. Uh, uh, the the unusual host knows all about this stuff, and I'm just going down. I'm th- I'm just trying to do the same. You know, the okay. same thing. Yeah, keep on going. I'll I'll tell you what else I don't know. <laughs> and in fifth place, honest thief. Seven hundred seventy-nine thousand. Honest thief. Nothing. I think that's okay. okay. In in sixth place is Tenet. I still haven't seen the movie Tenet. Have you seen the movie Tenet, Flynn? No. <laughs> okay. Well, apparently it's like the movie to see this year. I've seen it, and you know what? And, what's up? Is it a horror movie? I don't know what kind of movie it is, but it's by Warner Brothers, so I don't know. Maybe Bugs Bunny makes an appearance. Like, I don't know. Which one are you asking about? Tenet? Yeah, yeah Tenet. Tenet is by the same. It's Chris Nolan. So he, he did Inception. The oh, thing, right. think about the frame was destroyed by Inception, but think about it. Uh, Tenet is a different concept in which time flows both forward and backward. Okay. Now I've seen it come up on either it's like Amazon Prime or it's on it's it's one of the streaming services. But never mind, Tenant, that's not what I'm talking about. I was talking about Parasite because they had the blocks over the never mind. So I'm totally wrong on that. But here's the thing. So I'm not gonna go any further than number seven, because Guardians of the Galaxy number one re-release four hundred six thousand. I didn't know they re-released Guardians of the Galaxy in the in the theaters. I didn't know you needed to. I didn't think that you needed to either. But apparently they re-released it and yo, four hundred six thousand dollars uh COVID money. So why not? All right. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it was okay. I mean it's uh I'm to be quite honest with you, I'm kinda exhausted with the never ending 
superhero movies that everyone that ever touched the page of, of newsprint and comic gets their own movie now. And I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm just saying that there's, it's just sometimes it's too much, but, uh, you know, I liked that guardians of the galley galaxy just, it took a fresher approach than most of them do. And I enjoyed it a little bit more. Well, you know, when, when they announced guardians of the galaxy initially, I was like, why, why? This is ridiculous. And I'm like, no, don't do that. But then as soon as it came out, I was like, this is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. It was fun. It was great. Uh, I'm not a big sci-fi guy. like, And I'm not a big action guy either, but I'm a big comic book guy. So when Guardians of the Galaxy hit, of course it was Marvel. So I went to the movie theater and I saw it and I was like, this is really good. Um, and not even... From a guy who manages a comic book store, but as soon as it came out, we're like, oh, nice. Let's get rid of some of those Guardian of the Galaxy like backstock. Jen, I'm sure you can contest to that. It's funny. There's been almost no movement, I would say, from any action superhero movie toward people wanting adults, wanting source material. It's almost always been kids wanting access to those characters, which has been weird they, that they didn't, they weren't smart enough to have it already in our stores when the movies yeah. came. So it's like they finally, I mean, I think this year they finally got some really great, like, uh, Black Panther all age stuff out for the kids. Right. And they wanted it, what, three years ago or something? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, let's move over to TV. You guys watch TV, yeah? Anyway, yeah. I saw this weekend. Nonstop yeah. since the pandemic hit. <laughs> Hold on, Jen, you were cutting out. What would you say? I said, you didn't even mention the movie I saw this weekend that they put okay. back. Not bad. Like, let's, let's dive into the movie that Jen saw this weekend. And I bet you both have seen this movie, Goldfinger. Oh, the original? <laughs> oh, that's great. Love that. Sean Connery's oh, yeah. the best 007, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't think second place is even close. <laughs> but that's true of most old farts, like me. <laughs> so, okay, so they re-released Goldfinger in, in theaters. And a lot of theaters have been doing, we'll take old, old school movie and we'll put it up on the thing. Because here, just right next door to the house, movie theaters like Goonies, Gremlins. And they'll kind of keep it themed. But I've never been a James Bond fan. I'm not a huge James Bond fan, but the, the earlier ones with Sean Connery were pretty cool. Yeah. They were way cool, I mean, for their time period. And, you know, you know, Roger Moore kind of got everything was a gadget. That was like, okay, enough with the gadgets. Let's get to the story. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Sean Connery was awesome. You know, Dr. No from Russia with Love. Those are classics. I can watch those all day. So, Flynn, you would think, uh, so it was Goldfinger that you saw, Jen, yeah? Mm-hmm, yep. So, what is it about Goldfinger, Flynn, that makes it the James Bond movie for you? I mean, there's there's several out there. Goldfinger is not the James Bond movie for me. Uh, Sean Connery is. I liked uh, Dr. No, and you, you can't look, you know, too much past Ursula Andress coming out of the... the you know, out of the water with the white bikini on. That was pretty awesome. I was about six when I first saw that, and I was like, yeah, I think I'll check the rest of this out. Uh, 
But it, it was just a new take on the whole spy, you know, genre thing that, you know, and it, it basically it became like the gold standard for spy action thrillers. And right. it was done so well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to pick my favorite one. But, uh, you know, early to mid 60s, I mean, that, that was like the coolest thing going at the time. Right. You know, what about you, Jen? Is Goldfinger, uh, not saying it's Flynn's, but is Goldfinger your go to James Bond film? Or if it's the James Bond film, you have to watch it over and over again. What's the James Bond film for you? Well, for Sean Connery, Goldfinger is my favorite. But, uh, and Sean will always be my Bond, but I am more than a little obsessed with the Daniel Craig Bond. I, but I think of him as a different Bond in my right. mind. He's a different type. He's right. the Jason Bourne, more super hands-on. They, I mean, if you go back and watch Sean Connery Bond, the kung fu that happens there is almost laughable in comparison. <laughs> but it was of the era. It was like it was like judo chop to the neck. <laughs> Speaking of that, it's uh, some of the funniest stuff you'll see is is movies where fight choreography wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I I bought these old, like these, these were little pieces of film that were usually, you know, or filmed or shown right before a feature film or right after, and it was always had a cliffhanger at the end. Well, there was these old, you know, Batman and Robin serials from like the early 40s. And Batman's costume was all made of cloth, and they couldn't get his ears to stand up straight, so they're always kind of sagging and stuff. But they were <laughs> some of the fights in these. I mean, it's worth it just to watch the fights and the lack of fight choreography because I mean, there's literally scenes where you know there's there's criminals and Batman and Robin jump in, and then literally Batman and Robin are like standing looking to jump in the fight. And you're like, the only people that are fighting is the criminals amongst themselves. <laughs> And it's like they can't jump in. And it's like, you know, <laughs> so it is the most comical thing I've ever seen in terms of an on-screen fight ever. But it's great. And, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, and then fight choreography was born. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, okay, okay, so you brought up Batman and Robin. Flynn, uh, yep. since you're here on the show... You had a little bit of uh, Batman 75, 75th anniversary. Uh, yeah, um, I did. You had your hand um, in that, so can you talk about that for a little yeah, bit? There was a DC licensed show that was going on in Paris for the 75th anniversary of Batman a few years back. And uh, the, the company, or the, it was the French Paper Art Gallery, I believe is the name of it. They were contacting artists that weren't comic book artists that were illustrators or whatever and inviting them to do a one-off print for the show. And they contacted me and said, do you want to do a Batman 75th anniversary um, print? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I did like a, I knew everyone was probably going to be doing like the, you know, the whole brooding Batman, super heavy shadows. So I wanted to do mine old school. I wanted to do like the old school type, type illustration, the old Batmobile from 1940 with like the shield bat face on it. Mm -hmm. And 
And the entire one of the entire reasons I wanted to do it is because if you ever look at the really early Batman comics, he has these wicked devil horn like ears. They're giant. And uh, so I I laid out my whole print just so I could have those ears on my Batman. Nice. And I did the whole print, finished it all up. Uh, the the gallery submitted all the designs to DC, and they had one revision on mine was they said lose the ears, and I'm like, <laughs> no! I was like, that's the whole reason I wanted to do it. I said this is Batman 1939, right? And I was like, that's and I laid out a whole dissertation as to why I had to have this. I said, you know, look at the Batman I've got, look at the Catwoman in the old school uniform. I said, it's it's all about these ears. Everything <laughs> everything you know radiates from the ears. And they were like, nope, lose the ears. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was like, what are you kidding? So, uh, and it was uh, either lose the ears or we're not approving this one. And I was like, all right, fine. You know, but it's, there, there's a huge coffee table edition book. It's like a gold foil cover. It's really thick. And there's Batman on the front, and he literally has these giant ears. I'm like, you know, it's not like they're afraid to admit that these happened. I mean, what's what's embarrassing about it? I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. So in the interest of making sure I was in the show, uh, that was an international show, uh, right. I just said, okay, you know, I'll lose the ears. And gave him the regular bat ears. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, I've seen the prints, and I think uh, during Quarantine Con, we put up the prints, and you can see the prints in the coffee table book and whatnot. I mean, it's a beautiful print, regardless. Uh, great. Uh, it, it's phenomenal, and I love it. <laughs> like, I want a print for my room. Hint, hint. Just saying. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it's phenomenal. It's great. Uh, and Batman is beloved by all of us. And in the segue from your Batman to The Adventure Begins, um, we did a crossover show, our uh, number two crossover show with Comicpalooza, and it's themed Batman. That's going to be uh, out hopefully here really soon in the next couple of weeks. They want Comicpalooza want to do a monthly show, but it turns out that once you get to legal and once the adventure begins puts together the show me um they gotta go through a whole bunch of steps and then they talk to our producer justin and it's like okay well you can do this and not this so it's not a monthly show it seems like it's a a tri-monthly show like where it comes out every three months which don't get me wrong i love comic palooza we love you and we love doing the show with you guys and uh so episode two is going to come out they approved it finally it's going to come out really, really soon. So, within turn of Mark not being here, and I want to keep in, uh, you know, um, nerd news now things, we're going to talk about TV, and we'll see if we, we watch these TV shows. Uh, <laughs> People's Choice Awards. You guys watch the People's Choice Awards? I don't watch award shows. Okay, well, number one. <laughs> number two is... In fact, that the country, country music has to have its own award show just so they'll win something should tell you everything you need to know about award shows. That's very true. No offense to country music. Uh, number two is Grey's Anatomy. Anybody? Grey's Anatomy? Okay, Flint, on your, your end, three is the uh, Country Music Awards. That's number three. You like Country Music Awards? 
Uh, Hank Williams, Johnny Cash, I'm all about that. This there you go. country pop stuff that they're saying is country music. Yeah, right <laughs> up. Number four is WWE Monday Night Raw. Anyway, wrestling fans? Me either. And number five is WWE SmackDown. No <laughs> wrestling. Oh, oh, I'm just yeah, trying to I hate down. Raw, but I love SmackDown. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Okay, like, I have, like, when I was a kid, loved wrestling. because I, I think most kids do. Well, yeah, it was uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, it was Junkyard Dog, it was Bar uh, Bruce the Barber right. Cake. As I got older, I was living next door to uh, my niece and nephew, my older brother, and whatnot. And then I'd go hang out with them, and my nephew loved wrestling. And it was that was the era of The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and whatnot. Yeah, that's, that's but fun. they would have this thing called uh, the Bra and Panty Match. <laughs> Which I was like, I could totally watch this all day long. And it was like Lita and uh, Tri uh, Trish Stratus and all that jazz. Which I was like, all right, I can get that all day long. But that's that's the only reason why I liked it when I got older. I mean, you know what wrestling is? Wrestling is, it follows the exact formula that soap operas do. Except instead yep. of cheating on each other, they're beating the crap out of each other. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. A, that's what it is. You oh, know? yeah. And I've, you know, my son, when he was, like, really young and he's watching it, and he was like, I was like, you know, this isn't real, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, it's totally real. And I'm like, okay, then why would get the guys make all the secret plans right in front of the camera? <laughs> right. And he was like, oh, yeah, they probably wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that was one of the coolest things too like i would go to you know um you know my pop's house and my grandfather on my on my dad's side and my cousin or whatever like my grandfather thought it was like just straight up oh this is real and if you said anything about it he he the nicest person you would ever meet but you're like oh this is fake you're like no it's no <laughs> like he would get in your face about it i'm like all right cool not a problem like, you know what Another thing is, like, if, if you've ever been in a fight in your life, the blows those guys are exchanging in the ring, that fight would last, like, five seconds. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> because one of those haymakers connects, you're out, you're down. You know, it doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> for sure. We've learned this from watching uh, MMA. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Um, real quick, so we did uh, movies, we did uh, TV, and, and just going on uh, the Nerd News Now stuff. Uh, just real quick, um, do do Jen, do you have anything at Space Cadets that's coming up? you have any events? I know because of COVID, everything's kind of been shut down. I know at the Adventure Begins, we can't do Magic or uh, Digimon tournaments or anything like that. But do you guys have... They can't be sanctioned, but do you guys have anything coming up? So uh, the gaming side has been doing real small groups. Like, they're doing D&D &D groups. Uh, and then I saw they had Hero Clicks on Saturday, and they had maybe Magic. Right. Our first, our first actual events. But, like, we've got, like, big tables, and there's, like, four per people at a table. Right. Which, and probably they came together, so <laughs> they're probably right. been exposed to each other in other ways but uh yeah we've been we've been trying our best 
I mean, our, like for the comic book side, the first actual events we're going to be having are the Black Friday, but we're yep. doing it at events. So we're, I mean, like the max, the max that we're going to have in if we, if every ticket, because we're only doing six tickets an hour, if mm. every is to a four person family, is a max of 24 people in the store at a time. So right. we're trying to make it as safe as possible. It'll be, so, it'll be real small groups. <laughs> so I do have a comment question. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a, uh, a Pokemon question. Pokemon Champions Path, Pokemon Vivid Voltage. Has that just been going freaking crazy at uh, Space Game? Get it. No. Oh, I know you can. I know you can. So it's just like, here's my thing about that, right? So it's just, I mean, you could put that into the same concept as the hottest book, like TMNT Ronin, right? Mm-hmm. You got TMT Ronin come out. You got Vivid Voltage come out. What makes that the thing to get? You know what I mean? Like, because, I mean, right before champions path i mean champions path been off the chain right so right before that was what uh sword and shield or rebel clash as far as pokemon but what 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 makes what makes vivid voltage so much better than the one that came out right before that what makes tmnt ronin so much better than the last one-off they just came out you know what i mean I think, honestly, in both of those cases, it's a lot that the demand is high and the supply is low. So I think that for Ronin, they, the allocation was horrible, right? They went to print before uh, they knew what the final numbers were going to be. And then the final order, orders came in and were huge. Mm-hmm. So they had everyone's orders back, which was kind of an interesting way to do it, honestly. You would think that you would just be like, oh, sorry, we're going to honor the initial orders. And then the FOC ones, which you can't make. Because right. I, okay, I got my orders in early. What's wrong with this? <laughs> but then uh, I don't know about the cards, man. Maybe maybe there's um, some manufacturing slowdown because I'm pretty sure they're made in China. And I'm sure that, you know, they probably have slowdowns, even though I think they're back to fairly normal now. Right on. All right, so you... <laughs> right on. So I think we talked about this the last show, but we were more pop heavy on the last show. So let's let, let's reintroduce this. Uh, so the last Rona came out. Book number two is coming out. Um, your thought on the last panel of TNT Ronin? Here's my here's my thought. Right, book number one. You don't know who it is, right? Right. You get a glimpse when he's like in Dream World or whatever, which I think I stated before. Like he's in the bed, right? So you know who he is because he's all messed up. <clears throat> then you got the two turtles belt straps on. That's two. That's Leo and Donnie. <clears throat> then you have one just with the belt. That could be either Mike or Rap, right? Okay, cool. That's your hint. Your biggest surprise in that book is April coming in. Uh, spoilers, but, I mean, it's been a while. So April comes in, mind blown. That's your surprise for book one. But at the last panel, she says who it is. You could have waited until book two. Book two 
would have blown off the shelves just like book one if she wouldn't have said anything. So, but a lot, the controversy is now is the comma. Who were you talking to? I'm like, eh, like, yep. who are we talking about here? We're talking about, okay, so TMT Ronin is, so three of the turtles have died, right? There's one Ninja Turtle left. So the entire first book is one Ninja Turtle, right? Uh, it's Shredder's grandson he's going after the entire book. He's got the voices in his head of his uh, dead brothers and whatnot, but you don't know which turtle it is. I think it's Michelangelo because he's the first turtle that was created, um, or the first turtle they did, they named him Michelangelo. But anyway, like it's a five-part series, right? Is a five or six? Uh, I don't know, cause they and they pushed off issue two all the way to December. Yeah, so I think it's a five-part book, if I remember correctly. But the entire first book, you don't know what turtle it is. And then at the very end, you get April O'Neil, which like, oh, because they reference Casey Jones, uh, Baxter Stockman, they reference uh, the villain that this turtle is going towards is Shredder's grandson. So you just assume everybody's dead. So April shows up and then all of a sudden she's like, hey, who are you talking to, Michelangelo? But before she says Michelangelo, there's a comma there. Mm -hmm. So, like, what? Okay, was that a misstep on printing, or... I don't know. Like, so nobody still knows, really, but I think it's Michelangelo. Okay, so I've got something to throw out to you, just to burn your brain. <laughs> All right. So, if if he's... Whoever this is, if they're going after the grandson of their their old enemy... Right. Why, why do we think it's the same generation as the original Turtles? Why can this not be... Because April O'Neil showed up. That's why. That's why. Dude, April's still around. Dude, it's still in Turtle. Now, okay. I get what you're going through. I get, what, I get what you're going through. But if everybody else has died <laughs> and April's still alive, like, <laughs> like I think it's going to be one of the original. And if it's not one of the original, not even that, people are going to be pissed. <laughs> but I get the theory, and I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool. Uh, Flynn, did you read the TMNTs when they first came out? Because I think you gave me some of the original comics, actually. Actually, I when I moved, I pulled all of my old comics out of boxes. And I have the first four from probably like 1981 or 82. Uh, the four, first four originals. Uh, You're rich. Oh, are they worth something? Oh, yeah, big time. Are you kidding me? Yeah, big time. Uh, I mean, I, f I found a bunch of stuff that's probably worth something. I have an original uh, printing of the first four Dark Knight Returns. I have the original 12 Watchmen. Uh, I have a ton of X-Men that from the John Byrne, Chris Claremont days. I, I That was the book. That was my go-to book back in the day was Chris Claremont, John Byrne on the X-Men. Uh have all of them and well, uh after after those guys left that series i just it just kind of lost a little something for me uh, 
But yeah, I was always kind of reading the offshoot stuff. I I was not a Spider-Man reader. I was not an Avengers reader. I liked X-Men. I liked things the, the things that at the time were the fringe comics a little bit. Uh, so yeah, but lots of weird stuff in the collection. It's it's you know probably got it's at least 40, 45 years old. So, but how about that? I have to go through it and see what's really in there. There's a ton of old stuff. Right on, man. That's Squadron cool. Supreme. Did I just date myself? That's a great <laughs> book. <laughs> I have something to tease you with just so that I can make your day. Uh, Claremont's coming back. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay, Big so time. I'm supposed to get back into X-Men like 400 issues later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I, that I would venture, you know, to read that. Um, and the thing is, is like, I've always loved comics. I, I worked, you know, independently in the comics industry for a little bit. I love doing it. And the thing is, is like I've made so many half-assed attempts to get back into reading it. I've even gone and bought a bunch of stuff that I'd never even heard of before just to, you know, kind of collect a smattering of what was going on and just never read it. But the thing is, and this is either maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. But I always find myself going back to the things I know are great. Um, and there's some, you know, on the one hand, I know what I'm going to read as a classic. Uh, on the other hand, I'm not reading anything I haven't read before. So uh, full-blown back into comics, I don't know. Probably don't really have the time to do it. But I've always loved it as a medium. And uh, so I've... I've kind of bought some graphic novels that people said were good, have not cracked them open. I bought something called DMZ that people said was great. Uh, need to read that. Um, but, you know, I go back to, I, I find myself rereading The Killing Joke. Uh, I reread The Watchmen, you know, um, all, all that old stuff. But I think my tastes have probably changed. And at least from my perspective, and I'm not, you know, knocking anyone that's, into the superhero aspect of comics. That's cool. That's totally cool. I was totally there at one point in my life, but I'm looking for something a little different. I think the superhero aspect of it is at least for someone that's been reading as long as I have is, is played out for me, but I'm looking for different things. And I just don't know what the different things are. I'm just, I'm, I'm too out of touch with it now, but I would love to start reading some good stuff. There's just so much stuff out there. It's like, where do you begin? You know, so I'll tell you what, the coin to comics right here will tell you exactly where to begin. Then so, <laughs> take over. She's got no, she's got it. She knows not even that. She knows at least half the people who are writing and drawing this stuff now. And she's reading all of the stuff. So if you want to know, that's a great question because she knows. And then there you go. Yeah, I've got so I read, you know. 15 to 20 comic books a week for mm -hmm. weeks releases mm -hmm. to a review show called minute to skim it, which just premieres on my own personal page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it for five or six years, every week, every week, every week. And so that's my way of staying in touch with it. Because uh, when I first opened the store for the first year, I had a comic book manager. And so I didn't have any real pull to read 
And I knew everything from the 90s, which is when I started in comic books, but I felt like I was so out of touch. I had no idea what was going on story-wise for any of the stuff that was going on. And I said, this has got to stop because I cannot do my job effectively by buying books if I don't know what's going on to know what to buy. So now I, I, not really a chore, honestly, to read the books because it, it just means I, have to, I set time aside to make sure that I do it instead of just like take them home and be like, I'll get to them when I'm not busy, which is never. The yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to enjoy uh, Cerebus. I thought was a great book back in the day, Church and State volumes one and two. Love that. I read it up through Jocka's story. I thought that uh, Dave Sim and Gerhard were brilliant. I loved the political and social commentary in those books, even though it was something as ridiculous as an aardvark. Uh, <laughs> um, Stray Bullets, I liked a lot. So I was always on this in, in search of the, the weirdo independent stuff after I'd kind of, you know, gotten through the the litany of the DC and the variant covers and the, and the issue number zero and all that other stuff. I was I was looking for like the independent creators, but there was so much out. It was so hit or miss, and I felt like I was having to do way too much research to really find the stuff. And, you know, when I was, you know, reading, this is before the days of the internet or before the internet was really the information, you know, uh, hub that it is, it was hard. You know, you, you just, you ended up going back to the same thing all the time. And, and then I started working in the industry as an independent creator. And, you know, at the time, I don't really know what it's like now, but at the time when I was doing it, you know, the, the big two uh, publishers were doing everything they possibly could to force independent creators out of the market. And it was vicious. And I just kind of became disillusioned with all of it. And I was like, screw it. I'm done. So that's when I became a gig poster artist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially COVID, especially during COVID. Because, you know, like Marvel yeah. and DC took some time off when they did the close down. They were they were kind of like the last people to to ramp back up. So indies during that time they kept on trucking, and so and that so most people that were like okay, well I have to read something. So what do you recommend? They started picking them up. So now independent titles have started to get really really strong. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see that continuing. That's great. I think there's that's so great for the industry is for the independent stuff to do well and to be circulated well because there's incredibly innovative stuff going on with the independent creators. And honestly, I mean, it, it keeps the two giants on their toes. You know, they can't relax, nor should they. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I think it's absolutely great that independents have, have well, I'm not saying it's great that COVID came along, but I think it's great that whatever, for whatever reason, the independents were able to kind of get a toe or a foot back in the door. Because, I mean, that's always the stuff I, I was looking for. And, you know, it, the superhero stuff is always kind of your gateway into the comics. And that's cool. There are some great superhero comics. I mean, to this day, I'll read a Batman, no problem. Um, but, you know as you continue and you become a reader over decades, you start to look for the fringe stuff, the innovative stuff, the stuff you haven't seen before. 
And uh, that's, you know, that's part of the allure for me now. It wasn't as a kid, but it is now. You know, and you get older and, and, your, and your tastes change. And that's cool. So I, I like the fact that, that that's an option. Here's my, here's my question real quick. Do you have a rebuttal to that? <laughs> I mean, right no. Here's my question to you guys. So uh, as far as comic books, because we're all comic book fans, and matter of fact, if it wasn't for Flynn, who just happens to be my uncle, <laughs> if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be the nerd I am today. <laughs> but um, Don't my push that on me, man. What's that? <laughs> Don't push that on me. You nerded on your own. <laughs> Your nerd flower bloomed of its own accord. <laughs> I'm not hating it, dude. <laughs> he used to do this like, here's all my old Star Wars toys. <laughs> like, yeah, know. and I want those back, by the way. <laughs> by the way, uh, my mom gave them away a long time ago. So, it's Oh, my like, God. I had the original Cantina Bar tall snaggletooth in that thing that I gave you. And then I found out what it was worth. And I was like, uh I want that yeah. back. Dude, let me tell you. She gave them all away. All my He-Man toys gave them away. She gave away everything. Uh, but as far as <laughs> comic books, I remember uh, Batman. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I, I think it was Death of the Family Part 1 was the first comic book that I remember getting or buying with my own money. Uh, that was, And I still have it. It's so haggard. Uh, that might not have been the first comic book that was given to me, but it was the first one that I bought, and I still have it, and it's haggard, like, all the crap. But since then, I mean, that was 80s. Um, I still have it. Batman is still my go-to guy, regardless. I'm a Batman dude. Um, do you, cats remember the first comic book, or what got you cats into comic books? What was the first one? It was like, oh, yeah, dude, like, I'm into this nerd realm or into collecting or anything like that. What was the what was the thing that got you into? I'm a nerd now. Let's go. <laughs> Lynn's got to think about it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, okay, I'm trying well, to nail that moment down. <laughs> okay, well, Flynn, okay, Flynn, I... Not saying this is the thing that got you into it, but one thing that I remember as a small cat, dude, is either going to your bedroom and hanging out or into your office, and you probably still have it now, is your Planet of the Apes trash can. I do. Like, when I, I when I think about My sisters you, gave it to me for Christmas nerd, when I was four. What's that? Still, I said my sisters gave it to me for Christmas when I was four. Still got it. Do you have it? Can you yeah, show it? Yeah, it's right here. Show it to us, bro. Uh -huh. that's, that's when I think about you and nerdness, it's your plan to trash can. And that's uh, I remember from when I was a cat. You've always had it. No matter what house there is. Like, how cool is that? No matter what house, apartment, or anything ever that he's lived in, he's always had that. So I I will always associate that Christmas nineteen seventy two I got that right on and <laughs> if I could put my name in the hat but uh, God forbid you ever perish uh, I would love that <laughs> say. Yeah, cool thank you no problem <laughs> <laughs> no no that's not a cool thank you what about you Jen uh, well I mean like Flynn's self thinking I think 
I, I gave him plenty of time to think about uh, what got well, him the t-shirt. I, I don't I don't remember the actual comic. I remember a circumstance that led me to a different hero. Um, I remember and when I was younger, someone had given me, and it was like a friend of my parents or somebody, had for some reason they knew Kurt Swan, like one of the classic Superman artists. And I had received a bunch of those when I was little, Kurt Swan Superman. And I was like, yeah, this is totally cool. And uh, I remember reading them, and they kind of nerfed Superman a little bit, and they had to because it became so difficult to write for. I mean, when I was little, and you were reading the old Superman comics, I mean, this guy could push planets out of their orbit. It's like, how do you write for someone that's that powerful? Right. You know? So yeah. it was like it, he was such a very sterile character, and he was super powerful, and the stories kind of fl fell flat. Uh, a little bit to me, even as a young reader. And then I read Batman, who had no powers, was disturbed, and he was this and he was that, and the whole thing just seemed more real to me. And uh, from that moment on, I was like, uh, yeah, I, no, I don't want the Superman, I want the Batman. Right on. And that's kind of where I kind of had a little bit of a love affair with the anti-hero Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not the not the goody two shoes guy that everybody loved. It was the guy that was completely misunderstood. No one liked him, but they did what they did anyway. So you know, Batman I always thought was a really cool character. Uh, when not that I'm the only one, that's not a unique opinion. Uh, and then way back in the day, you know, but it's a cool opinion. Just saying. <laughs> and, and like you know, whenever the original X Men kind of faded away, you know, when it wasn't Iceman and Beast and all that anymore. Uh, you know, Wolverine came along, and of yep. course he exploded into like the most popular, you know, character on the planet for a while, right. and probably still is. But I just thought he was such a cool character. There yeah. was nothing really super redeeming about the character. He was short. He was kind of an ass. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this guy is cool. Kind of cool too. I kind of like this guy. Right. And was, you know, it's probably the same reason the rest of the world thought he was cool as well. But yeah. I kind of gravitated towards the more real. And, you know, it, that, and I think that is exactly why Marvel was able to be a success. It was so much easier to identify with Marvel's heroes than DC's heroes. Yeah. DC's heroes back in the day were like gods. They were, un, they were unattainable. They were untouchable. It was hard to relate. Right. Uh, Marvel's heroes were everyday dudes with everyday problems. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah. That aspect, I think, was something that Kirby and Lee really knocked out of the park. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Most definitely. Yep. Jen, what about you? What was the uh, the nerdy thing that got you into to be the queen of comics, to be the queen of nerdiness? Funny. My exposure to comics when I was young was only I had a neighbor that had some. Mm -hmm. and I think they had two really raggedy copies of Archie, but the Spire version, the Christian versions. <laughs> right on. They had uh, one copy of Tom Landry, Dallas Cowboys. And the Tom Landry, Dallas Cowboys, I read until it part. So, weirdly. Ben, let me cut you off real quick. Autograph by Hank Hill. <laughs> I have a copy of that, and I want to give it to you. I swear to God, I have a copy of that. 
Can I please give it to you? It was. It, I went through. I had a cat who came through and was like, "Can you look to my comics?" I grabbed it. Now it's in storage, so it's gonna be a while. But please, can I give that to you? Yes, but you have to read it first because it's really good. <laughs> I will, but that's your book. I swear it's in storage. I swear to God, it is in storage. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that book is yours. Because I was like, I'm just going to grab it just because it's like so off the cuff. Anyway, that book is yours. And please continue with your story. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> So, yeah, it's funny. So, so after, that was like when I was a kiddo. And then my next exposure to comic books was when I was in grad school. So, and that was my first love in comics, then was uh, Aliens adaptations of comics. And then uh, everything Chris Claremont, X Men, probably because in 1992, the best cartoon ever made started. And so, you know, cartoon, maybe you want to read the books. And then it was off to the races. Probably the Phoenix. Uh, storyline is yeah. the best oh yeah yeah the dark oh dude it was so great so great and i have to say real quick too i mean again if it wasn't for this man right here i probably wouldn't be the nerd that i am today but i do remember he was uh you know he he, he dabbled into comic books and he was nice enough not to only let me hang out with him every uh, once in a blue moon not even blue moon he would yeah i get to hang out with this guy every couple weeks and he was uh, uh, inking and drawing for uh, a comic comic called uh, Jay Z Ink, and I, I get to tag along and see him and his buddy Monty like drawing and inking these comic books, and just being in the mix was phenomenal. It was it was great. It was awesome. Just being in total nerdness, which would they would uh, draw some stuff. It would be black and white, and then. I would take colored pencils and be like, hey, I'm colors by so-and-so, me. And I'm like, just shut up and just do do your thing. No, no, but it was so cool just to be around that. And then Flynn, uh, you know, jumped up to uh, a band called Ghoul Town, did that, which I got to meet Ghoul Town. We all know who Ghoul Town is on Nerd News Down. Um, and then, dude, he's done so much since then. I mean, he is the artist for major, major bands like Puddle of the Mud and Hellstorm and all that great awesomeness. So, Flynn, tell us what you're doing. Tell us what's going on on BadMoonStudios.com. Um, well, um, the, uh, the show circuit is really non-existent due to COVID. We used to do the annual show at Sigma Brewing Company here in Houston where we had, you know, some of the top poster artists in Texas would come and show their stuff, have a party, drink beer. Uh, South by Southwest had the largest uh, gathering of gig poster artists on the planet would show mm -hmm. up for flat stock and, you know, no dealers were allowed, no traders were allowed. You had to buy, you, you could buy directly from the artist. There was no middleman there. You were there supporting the artists themselves. It took you hours to get through the show. But, uh, you know, I missed that. I missed the people coming up and saying, oh, my God, I was at this show. Is this your work? Blah, blah, blah. And just talking with them. But so I've been kind of working on, you know, some of my pet projects while, you know, there's not a lot of live concerts going on right now. So, uh, you, you know, the, the work for gig posters, concert posters is not really 
in as high demand right now. So, uh, but it, with the latest thing I've done is I was commissioned by the Lon Chaney estate. And I know for maybe some, a lot of your viewers have no clue who Lon Chaney was. Uh, to we do, have a lot of viewers, by the way. <laughs> we have a lot of viewers. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. Some of them do. Those who don't, for the small majority who don't know who Lon Chaney is. Uh, he was the biggest star in Hollywood in the 1920s. I mean, he was he started off in silent film. He was the Phantom of the Opera, the original from the 1925 silent movie. He was the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, he, he was an actor that did his own makeup. He's like the godfather of movie makeups, did his own. And he was known as the Man of a Thousand Faces. Uh, his son, Lon Chaney Jr., was the original Universal's Wolfman. Uh, you know, I mean, between the father and son, they have portrayed so many iconic movie monsters on the silver screen. And uh, the grandson, Ron Chaney, who owns Lon Chaney Entertainment and kind of keeps the family name and their uh, status as the first family of horror alive, uh, commissioned a poster for me to depict all of Lon Chaney's makeups. So I have a lot of licensed pieces through the Lon Chaney estate. Uh, I've done work for Motorhead, A Perfect Circle, Reverend Horton Heat. Um, I worked. Queen. I worked for yeah, Rocket Queen. <laughs> I worked for uh, the Misfits for probably like a year solid. Um, Jerry only still calls me from time and again to say, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> uh, we're done work for Doyle, Ghoul Town, uh, Puddle of Mud, a lot of big bands. And how I got into it was, is actually very comics related. When I, was, when I was doing comics as an independent creator, and you don't make any money doing comics as an independent creator. You work a regular job and you do the comics in your spare time. You have no life whatsoever. And there's only so much you can take, you know, before it becomes just too, you know, tiresome. So one of the, my favorite things of all times was just doing the comic book covers. And I would do covers for, you know, anybody that would ask, hey, can you do a cover for my comic? Yeah, sure. You know, I did covers and stuff like that. And I was like, man, the covers are like the really, the really primo kick-ass piece of art. Sorry if I can't say that. No, um, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Ass. Um, <laughs> so I was like, that's really the cool thing to do is just the covers. And I was like, man, it would be great if I could just do the covers. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, be the the guy that has to wear every hat in a comic book company. I'm the publisher and the uh, founder and the penciler and the inker and the distributor and this. You know, while you're all trying to work a regular job to finance the comic. Right. So, you know, as this was going on, I had a lot of local friends and bands that were like, hey, you know, can you, we're, we're doing this, we're putting an album out, can you do a cover? And I was always like, ah, I'm way too busy for that. I got to do this. Hey, hey we're going to play at this venue. Can you do a poster for us and we'll pay you this? Ah, I'm way too busy for that. And the thing it is, is like gig posters are like comic book covers. It's a one-off piece of art. Mm-hmm with the title, the band name, yeah, you can pick and choose what you want. There is no deadlines. There's no distribution. There's no nothing. You can do what you want when you want. And it is the essence of fun art. 
So, and I went for a year with people offering to pay me for art. And I was like, no, no, I'd rather struggle and make nothing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I decided that I was going to leave comics behind. I was not going to pursue it anymore. And I was going to do what actually made me happy. So I started doing gig poster art. And then I started to get the attention of some bands and the bands got a little bigger and the bands got a little bigger and it, it kind of, you know, parlayed into what it is now. So, um, it's, it's the most fun I've ever had. I wouldn't change it for anything. I love comics, but I would never go back to it. Um, gig poster art that that's the absolute pinnacle of what I've wanted to do. You know, working for bands like the misfits, perfect circle, Reverend Horton, Heat. It's, it's just an absolute blast. Uh, this is what I was meant to do, and I kind of stumbled backwards into it. But uh, however I got there, it doesn't matter. I got there. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, I, I, I have to go ahead, Jen. Flynn, do you work in practical still, or do you have you rotated to digital? I do a combo. Um, I do have a big, giant Wacom Cintiq. Then sometimes I'll do the line art on the Cintiq. But there's something that I will never leave behind, which is the tactile sensations of pencil or pen on paper. And it's just whatever the mood strikes, sometimes I will draw things out on paper and put a scan on it and clean it up and go. And sometimes I'll just draw it digitally. But you know, the thing that is, is like the digital art age is here to stay. There's no getting around it. You may as well embrace it. And there are some pieces of technology that are some that are such game changers in terms of time saved that it's really hard to avoid them. So, uh, you know, I I try to find the, the right balance, the right hybrid. But I usually as my schedule gets really piled up, I usually go for the time saver and I really haven't missed a beat. Uh, I'm, I'm all about new stuff, new technologies, not a dinosaur in that area kind of interesting i kind of feel like practical art's going to become worth a lot of money soon as there's less and less of it being created oh yeah probably so um but i mean it's like i never sold any of my original stuff anyway all of my original stuff is not one giant piece of art it's everything every piece of it drawn individually and then i piece it all together digitally so if anyone says, do you have any original art to sell? I would have like a piece of paper this big with some crap drawn on it. It's like, yeah, that's the guy's hand. You want it? Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. So I, I got a couple of things come, <laughs> intervene on this. Uh, he was drawing a comic called The Rock Me's back with Jay-Z Inc. And uh, I remember pulling up to his house and his garbage can was just full of fucking bullshit. So I was like, what is this artwork? And I took all of the artwork out, all of it, from his trash can. And I have a lot of his original art. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so, like, I mean, some of it's actually in frames because I think issue three of the Rock Me's was the nasties, was take off the misfits. But I have it framed in that, that aspect. But I do have a lot of his original work. I so. I was just kind of hired on out of college to just do the ink for that. I didn't do any of the drawing. Well, I was like, I was fresh. I was name on a ton. <laughs> fresh out of college, and somebody's paying you to do your dream job. I'm like, hey, uh, okay. I and I still have. Okay, fine. I got your original. But, I, mean, I thought I thought the name alone was worth a million bucks. The Rock Me's. 
Okay. It's so great. I think it looks great. Okay, by the way, we have a, a, a comment here um, from Be Beautiful Disaster. What are those faces behind him? And hold on before you before you answer, Flynn. Uh, <laughs> the Kingdom of Geekdom says, old apprentices, they did not please him. <laughs> Which I think That's is right. funny. So I know those are death face masks and whatnot, because we've so, talked about um, before. But we'll let you just we'll let you uh, explain them for a beautiful. Uh, well, I'm a uh, I'm a huge fan of older movies and in particular the old Universal monster movies. Um, and so, what I have behind me are life death masks that were actually cast from the actors' faces, and we've got. Peter Cushing, first right there, Vincent yeah. Price, Alfred Hitchcock, Boris Karloff, and Bela Lugosi. Yeah, right on. Well, that was a question online. So. Cool. But I do like the response. The older princesses, they did not please him. Yeah. <laughs> or that, too. I'd go along with that. <laughs> All right, man. So we're running, uh, we're running down the time and whatnot. Miss um, Jen, comics to look out for this week. I don't know, man, because they're delayed 24 hours. <laughs> oh, I know. I've already heard that. And I hate that because my peoples do all their stuff on Tuesday night. And then Bill told me today, he was like, uh, by the way, uh, so they're delayed. And I'm like, that means I got to work extra hard on Wednesday, even though I have virtual trivia on Wednesday. What are you doing with like? But regardless, uh, the big the big comics that are coming out this Wednesday, the must-haves, is there anything? Because, tell you the truth, other than, like, Joker, Harley Quinn, Criminal Insanity, which I've been waiting for for a minute, like, I'm down for that. Of course, Bounty Hunter is a good one. Um, I don't see anything and, uh, coming out. I was interested in the She Walks Alone at Night or something. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got you on that. Yeah, she walk. Uh, a girl walks home alone at night. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in that. But really, is this a big week for comics or no? I don't I don't think so. I think it's a more of a, a typical one. Actually, I like these kinds of weeks because they don't break everyone's pocketbook and give them a chance to try something they wouldn't normally. Because if there's sure. a bunch of big releases like Giant Batman or Giant X Men with twenty right. thousand covers then they're not going to try yeah alone at night because their their dollars are spent so i like these kinds of little more quiet weeks where they have just a couple of you know tennis swords tie-ins just like i think it's just like two ones and i don't know there's not a lot of big gigantic releases but that's fine i can yeah. read some. right on well i mean i i, I didn't really see anything um i mean other than norm i mean you get the spider-man that's always hot Batman's always hot. Venom is always hot. Uh, the Immortal Hulk, always hot. So you got those hot books that people are getting, grabbing anyway. But, you know, Girl Walks Home at Night, that's one that kind of piqued my interest as far as tonight. Um, as, did you did you get an a email from Matt Rosenberg today? I did, but I haven't read it. Oh, my God. 
So read it because he kind of dropped something big. He basically said in the email that for, you know, we've got the King and Black stuff coming up. Yeah. That doing the tie-in in Thunderbolts. And he, he recommends buying twice as many of that issue as really? we bought in Black number one. Really? So uh, to me, that means Matt's saying that something big happens in his book. All right. Right on. Well, I, I know we got one, so I know we got one, so I'll read it. No, do that whole, all right, but <laughs> no, so, but not even that, like, I'll go to Bill, like, after I talk to you on Mondays, I'm like, yo, so Jin says, and <laughs> you're always fucking, you're always freaking right, <laughs> so, I'm just saying, so I appreciate your, uh, all your stuff, and not even that, real quick, I mean, uh, so we probably didn't touch on this last week, and maybe we did, because it was pop heavy last week, the chance pop coming up. Uh, other than that, no, thank you very much for your contribution, uh, to Extra Life. Um, that was awesome. And Flynn as well. Flynn donated a, uh, Jimi Hendrix, the Warlock poster from his Royal Family line for Extra Life. So thank you, Flynn, very much. Like, seriously. <laughs> Extra Life, uh, you know, in conjunction with, um, Chosen's Miracle Network. And uh, you know, we try to we try to you know give to the kids as much as possible. Cool. So uh, thank you both very much for that. Real quick, man, check out Flynn Prejean from Bad Moon Studios. You can check him out badmoonstudios.com uh, on Facebook, Bad Moon Studios, or just be like, "Yo, Chaz, um, where's your uncle at?" And be like, "Well, <laughs> I mean, give me five bucks. I'll let you know where he's at." No, I mean, seriously, check out his stuff, man. He's got the Royal royal Family line coming out. Still doing great things with the Royal Family, right? You got some more stuff coming out? Uh, I did a Johnny Cash print, and uh, the last one of the series is probably not going to be a world beater. But, I, you know, the Royal Family series is all about people I admired and I liked and I thought I had, were ahead of their time. Uh, right. It's actually going to be Mozart. Oh, so, that's and awesome, so a lot of <laughs> that's awesome and you have uh you know the universal come uh, do you have more of the universal stuff coming out yes uh the well the the cheney estate uh snapped up the wolfman and the phantom of the opera print uh they put me in contact with the lagosi estate who yeah. is, were talking about the dracula stuff uh i am just about to complete frankenstein and in the last series or the last piece of the series was supposed to be the mummy and then the cheneys got back and said hey would you consider doing an eighth piece to the series and have it be the hunchback and we'll we'll license that as well and i was like okay so looks like there's going to be two more after frankenstein mummy and the hunchback and then i'm gonna i'm gonna call it a series we'll be done i'm not gonna get off into the son of the daughter of the return of the revenge of this or that I'm just going to do the standards, and that'll be it. Right on, man. Well, I mean, everything that you put out is phenomenal. So, well, again, badmoodstudios.com. I like the guy. I'm not biased. Uh, even if I wasn't related to the dude, I'd still like his stuff. Uh, Jen, the queen of comics herself. Check out Space Cadets Collection Collection, because they got a collection way better than yours, right? I don't know. <laughs> of course you do. 
Every time I go into that store, I'm like, oh, the goodness. You it's just the... my warehouse now. <laughs> no, I did. Like I told someone, no, I, Paul came into the store and I was like, I saw the warehouse. He was like, which one? I was like, Jen's. He was like, it's great. I was like, dude, it's a mini mile high, dude. And I told you that if you have, if you ever get the VIP golden ticket to get inside Jen's uh, warehouse, it is mini mile high. I'm just telling you, it is great. Not even that. It's all sectioned out like nobody's business. It's not all cluttered. Like you have it all nice and concise. Yeah, right. My warehouse uh, staff would have it no other way. If there's any chaos in there, it's because I was in there for a little bit. So the only chaos I saw was at the, uh, the the white tables where you had a little bit of food and a laptop and a little chaotic there. But everything else was like done. Because <laughs> I kept looking around. I was like, oh, I, I would like one of those. I would like one of the Batmans <laughs> from 1989 just hanging out on the shelf somewhere. <laughs> you room. You're fine. <laughs> Dude, thank you guys so much, man. We appreciate uh, Jen, Queen of Comics. You're always lovely, and we love you. And this is your show, essentially. Thank you so much. Flynn, praise on a Bad Mood Studios. I love how he was like, I'll hang out for a bit, and if I tug on my ear, I'm out. And he, <laughs> he hung out with us the entire time. Because he's a nerd and a lover. Well, whiskey helps, man. I had a couple whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be the nerd that I am today. Flynn, thank you so much. Thank you for watching Nerd News Now. Part of You're the welcome. Community. It was my pleasure. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Thank you for watching Nerd News Now. Part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online. Sponsored by The Adventure Begins, Comics and Games, and Space Cadets. This Jin Collection Collection. Check out the other shows on Woodlands Online, like the best of you, Woodlands House and Home, Cooking Off the Cuff with Chef Wayne, The Adventure Begins Show, Texas Storytellers, Purple Politics, and Between the Trees Business Talk, just to name a few. We also have live and on-demand CISD football, live most Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays. You can watch all of these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KVQT HD21, over the air on your TV. All of these shows and more on Roku for me and for you. Right now, search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. Now you can listen to our podcast show on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Again, I'm Chaz Graves. She's the Queen of Comics, Jen King, and he is one of the coolest people I've ever known in my entire life. Friend, Flynn Prejean, Bad Moose Studios. We're out. See you, nerds. <laughs>